Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 game six, Clippers, Mavericks, and we're going to break it down from every possible angle and go really deep into what happened in game five and why that's going to impact and how it will impact game six from a straight out betting standpoint. I have a bet on this game. I have a bet on the line. I have a stance on it to share with you. Two player props. There's a good amount that I already have in place today for potentially five I'm looking at. And then, of course, your DFS lineup. So we're going to try and look at it from every angle. And also, if you're not interested in the betting streets in general, just a general breakdown and going deep dive into it. Let's start it off right now. So there's a lot to discuss from what happened in game five. You saw guys playing massive minutes, whether it was Tim Hardaway Jr. and guys like, obviously, Luca and Nicholas Batum hitting 40 plus minutes of play. You saw this eight man rotation outside of 11 seconds from Patrick Beverly from the Clippers. And you saw Boban Ivanovic start in the postseason and play significant run, 18 to 20 minutes. And do I think that happens again? The question is, I don't know. The real answer is probably, yes, he starts again, and we will see how long he actually stays on the court. Now, here's the thing. They started the quote-unquote twin towers, right? Boban Ivanovic and also Kristoff Porzingis. This was Dallas's side, and we can start to get into some of the minutes momentarily. They start those players, and, and what happens? It creates a situation where you can't get in the paint as much as if you're Kawhi and if you're... Paul George. You just can't get to the paint or to the basket as much. It's very difficult. Those are bigger guys. It's hard to shoot over them. So it forces you to take longer jump shots, which is an inefficient metric, or you go ahead and take a lot more threes. They shot 38 threes in this game. They didn't shoot well from three. They only made 14 of them. And outside of Reggie Jackson, really nobody had a decent three ball going. So when you're not making three pointers and you're not going into the paint because these big guys are there, Boban can stay on the court more. And on the flip side of that, it kind of forces your hand to put in some big men of your own. And without Serge Ibaka out there, you have to put Zubak in for more than you probably want. There's a chance they don't even want to play Zubak in the series. Play him just eight to 10 minutes because every time he's out there, he gets absolutely picked apart from one Luka Dantich. So he played 18 minutes or so in this game, in this past game. And that's probably 18 minutes more than they wanted to play him because Luka just continued to dominate him and pick him apart. So that's kind of the chess game that's happening here. And what does it all rely on? It relies on the fact that the Clippers don't start making threes, and they didn't in that game. They shot terribly in that game. The only guy who really had a decent game from a scoring standpoint was Paul George, and he shot 47% from the field. Not that great overall, but it was fine in general. He was a good plus minus. And the reason why made threes matters is Christoph Porzingis and Boban, they're slow. They're bigger guys. They're going to stay in the paint. They're not going to guard the perimeter and they're not going to be able to switch all that often. So if you start making threes, you force their hand to put in somebody smaller who can guard the perimeter. And that's when the Clippers had a lot of success in games three and games four, not only for making shots, but being able to get to the basket. And that's what Rick Carlisle did by countering and putting in his big man, Boban, to start the game and play. Significant run for a game five in a pivotal spot. So my guess is that Boban starts again, and I can pull up right now Dallas's minutes, and you can see I have Boban all the way up top. These are the minutes all the way to the right-hand corner for the guys, what I think they're going to be playing today. We can scroll as you can see some of the final guys on Dallas momentarily, but I have Boban at 18 minutes today. I have him starting and playing 18 minutes. If he doesn't start today, there's a real chance Boban does not step on the court, but it worked last game. Again, the only reason why it worked, though, was because the Clippers were forced to take more threes as not the greatest of three-point shooting team, and they missed those threes. 0 of 6 overall from the field was Rondo. Kawhi wasn't making threes. I mean, it was like Marcus Morris barely making them and Reggie Jackson. And I think you're going to see them at least try to do that again with Boban starting. Now, let's get into a couple of things. And, and we can just touch quickly on this as we're talking about Boban. In the player props market today, it's a risk. It's a risk to take anything from a Boban standpoint. You can see right here, Boban's over-under for fantasy points today is 15. I have Boban, if he plays the full 18 at 20 fantasy points. So the over looks really good, but it is a risk because it's not as simple as he's getting 
guaranteed for these minutes. One, he might not even start, and then that's a dead bet right away. Or two, if he does start, if they start making threes in the first quarter, he might get pulled off the court after four or five minutes because this is a pivotal game six and obviously a go-home game if you lose for the Clippers. They want to get somebody out there and not force a game seven that can actually defend the three-point line. So on paper, the over on the props, whether it's real-life points, whether it's rebounds, whether it's fantasy points, for Boban today, you can check it out and bet over on Price Picks down below. Use the code Sally, get double your money bonus up to 100 bucks. They look appealing, but there's a lot more volatility that goes into it. This is the postseason, so guys are going to be trying to, and coaches are going to try and play more chess than checkers. They're fine to play a guy who normally plays 20 minutes, 30 minutes in regular season, barely any run. I mean, look at Zubak and look at Kleber in that last game. And now you can see some of the other guys I have projected minutes on today. I, I have Luca at 41 minutes. And, and there's actually really something interesting here to talk about in terms of why Luca and, and Tim Hardaway and all these guys played massive minutes in this game. And maybe even Porzingis would have played a lot more if it wasn't for some foul trouble in the third quarter. And Rick Carlisle said after the game in terms of why he played massive run out of Luca and, and just didn't give him any rest. One, he's like your only thing. He was doing everything out there scoring 40 plus real life points getting assists getting rebounds he was doing everything like when Luca goes for triple doubles he's doing everything they couldn't take anything away from him and that's good but Tim Hardaway Jr. playing massive minutes and this is an interesting point that if you're watching the game in the post game interviews you'll know that most people won't know there was long reviews at one point there was a seven minute review in this game and there was a couple of them down the stretch in the third and fourth quarter Carlisle literally said that those reviews were basically the same as a timeout or pulling Luca off the court for three or four minutes if not more than that so yes believe it or not Luca Dantich was able to play 44 45 minutes in that last game Tim Hardaway Jr. 42 44 minutes in the last game because they got an extra three to four minutes because of the reviews they got to rest during that time and it makes a lot of sense if you think about it but if you're looking at it you might think oh they're going to play 44 45 minutes again I don't think you could rely on that I actually think what Rick Carlisle said about the reviews makes a lot of sense I don't think that they're going to play 45 minutes again and they obviously can I think there's upside for those guys to play big minutes it makes a lot of sense to keep Luke on the court as much as you can but it's not necessarily a lose and you go home game so although they want to clearly win this game and win it at home and not have to go back and travel to the Clippers for a game seven which does not set up nicely for them in my opinion I've got Luca projected at 41 minutes of play today I have Luca from a fantasy perspective projected for 60.6 fantasy points by far my highest projected player he's my highest projected player by eight points and on a showdown site that is really hard to pass up whether you want to put him in the captain spot or not at 12,800 I understand why not but there are value pieces to make it work like a Boban Marvanovic like some guys we can talk about Dwight Powell at 15 minutes of play today in my projections looks pretty nice but Luca Dantic I don't expect as big minutes I still expect big minutes Dwight Powell played the most minutes he's played in the entire series 20 plus maybe more than he's played combined in the previous games he had a fantastic third quarter I would not be shocked if Dwight Powell starts this game that was the best we've seen Dwight Powell play in a pretty long time whether it was actually securing a an important rebound whether it was actually kicking it out in important times and playing quality defense if we go down and just continue to go down through these guys and I'll, I'll let you know about my bet right now on this game I took the Clippers right now minus 2.5 and I, I think outside of just this game feeling destined to go seven after last year's games uh, went seven and then Dallas actually lost I think there's a lot here and it does start with with the talking point that we had at the top of the show and that talking point is just the Clippers are going to make threes they're not going to shoot 0 of six like Rondo's not going to shoot 0 of six Kawhi will probably shoot a little bit better than 36 percent from the field right I think that's going to get a little bit better. And if they take 38 threes, I think they're going to make more than like 35% of them in this game. You just can't have that be your force the entire time, right? So everything went wrong from the Clippers in terms of three-point shooting. Weren't able to get into the paint because of Boban and just Porzingis being down there. And Luka played extremely well. So like when those things start to combine together, everything going wrong on one side, your star player doing everything right. What happens when Lucas takes a step back? Will the supporting cast fill it? What happens when the Clippers start to make some threes? There's a real chance that this thing can swing pretty far the other way for the Clippers. And I think the two and a half spread, even on the road, is a fine number. Now, there's a lot of other things than just that to point out, right? There's a lot of other things to just point out. Like in that game, 
five, there's a real chance that the Clippers should have obviously won that game. It was a close game. Paul George had three turnovers in the fourth quarter down the stretch. He played great up until that point, doing three turnovers was not great. He gave them opportunities in that game. He allowed Porzingis' three to kind of ice it because of some turnovers. Paul George also got in foul trouble in the third quarter, of which he only played in that game. And we can pull it up right now on Popcorn Machine. Here you can see Paul George, and this is his third quarter run. This little block right here, he only plays five minutes and 28 seconds in the third quarter because of picking up his third and fourth foul. And it makes sense. You don't want to really have him pick up his fifth foul midway through the third and have to play just very soft, not be able to drive and really not play much of the fourth quarter. So it makes sense that they took him out there, but that is important to note that he did not play the final six and a half minutes of the third quarter. He then finished out the rest of the game, but that's a long time for the guy who's been the best player probably on the court for you that specific game right there with Kawhi for the best player in the series 1A, 1B from his own team. That matters when he's not on the court for six and a half minutes and he was like the best plus minus on the team. So that's something that obviously went into this as well. You saw Kawhi not play well, and it was the first game where Kleber wasn't really on Kawhi. Kleber lost minutes, and that might continue to stay. So if you're talking from a prop standpoint, if you want to lean the under on Kleber, I think it makes sense. They put Dorian Finney-Smith on Kawhi, and although he wasn't glued on him, he still defended him well, and it led to more Dorian Finney-Smith minutes, and he kind of matched Kawhi, and less Kleber minutes, who ended up coming off the bench in this game. You saw Boban start. So to kind of finish out the minutes for Dallas that I projected today, I have 36 minutes for Porzingis, which is actually a lot of run. It's a lot relative to what we've been seeing lately. Now, Porzingis has struggled mightily in this series. He's only average. He's a 1.2 fantasy point per minute producer. You can see Porzingis right here. This is this series, 159 minutes of play. He's shooting 54%, which is fine, but he's struggling overall. He's only averaging 0.77 fantasy points per minute. I mean, that's like how some really bad shooting guards and small forwards are, right? He's only averaging right now a 13% defensive rebounding rate, only an 18% usage rate. Those are all down from his season highs. Porzingis 36 minutes would be a lot, right? He's like on pace usually to play like 30 or 32, but he played the final 19 minutes in the last game. He had a pretty clutch three. He had some big defensive standpoints as well. The final 19 minutes of the game got in foul trouble in the first half as well. He lost a couple minutes, probably five or six minutes in the first half. So I'm giving him 36 minutes in this important of a game. If you think he only plays 34, 35, it doesn't really change too much for me at his $9,000 price point. Hardaway Jr. I think continues to play big minutes. He is the definition of what they need out there. Somebody who could play some defense, but really more so space the floor with three-point shooting. Obviously what they need. Dorian Finney-Smith, 38 minutes. I think he is going to take away Kleber's minutes. As you can see, I only gave him 22 minutes. Normally it'd be Kleber like 34 minutes, Dorian Finney-Smith like 34 minutes, less minutes for Dwight Powell, but we saw it last time out. They looked a little bit better. They felt better about Dorian Finney-Smith on him. It somewhat worked, although I don't think it really was all the factor of just Kawhi coming down to earth more so probably than Dorian Finney-Smith shutting him down. And the rest of the Dallas minutes in that last game, barely any minutes for Jalen Brunson or Josh Richardson. I think that continues, but I think Brunson plays a little bit more than like eight to 10 minutes. I gave him 14 in this one, give you some more offense down the stretch. Willie Cauley-Stein picked up like two personal fouls and is only like four minutes of play. I don't think he's going to get much run. He'll get more run if Boban doesn't start because then there's a chance that Boban doesn't play. So there's the minutes projections and kind of the breakdown from everything you saw from a Dallas standpoint in that last game. You saw massive minutes from Hardaway and Luka because of probably, like they said, the long reviews in that game. You saw Porzingis, as he has been, be somewhat of a liability in the third quarter, but he finally turned it on in the fourth quarter to some extent on defense and hitting a big three, which is something that he has not been doing all series long, really hitting any type of jump shots at all. And you can see that I at least think Boban starts in this game. And as of right now, if we're talking from a da daily fantasy sports DraftKings lineup building, Boban is only $2,400, making him, if he does indeed start, and you think that the 18 minutes stay there and that he can be on the court and not be a liability, on paper looks good, in real life, a little bit more fuzzy, he would be by far the best value play in the slate. He's a $2,400 player as a good point per minute producer, averages 1.18 on the season. I have Boban at 20.11. He would be the best play on the slate, not from a captain standpoint, but the best play on the slate to put in your utility spot and get you there. His props would look great like we already said. Take the real life points, take the over 15 fantasy points on Boban. And as we start to get into the Clippers side of things and the breakdown there, my interest, my final interest from this Dallas team in this order would be Boban, Luka, 
Dwight Powell, actually, I think he plays more minutes, maybe not the 20 from the last game, but his price point factor in at 2,800 gives you some value. Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleber. Those seven guys are all in a player pool for me. They run like a nine or 10 man rotation. So basically Richardson, Jalen Brunson, Willie Cauley-Stein, the only guys I don't like. I'm not that high on Maxi Kleber, but he's still going to play 20 plus minutes. And there's the upside for him to play more minutes if they just think they need his defense more than Dorian Finney-Smith on Kawhi, because that's how it's been basically the first four games of the series. So that is where I'm at on Dallas. And before we get into the Clippers side of it and where I like them and then the overall interest on this slate. I just wanted to let you know about the sponsor of the program who we've already kind of hinted on a couple of times and that is Price Picks. It's a player prop site. You take the over or the under on player props. It's that simple. Either fantasy points, rebounds, assists, whatever it is, real points, three pointers in that's in the NBA. And then there's a bunch of other sports you can take them on. If you use the code Sal when you sign up, especially if you're in New York right now, this is the only spot you can legally bet as of right now in New York. They're opening up shop first there. So you can check it out. Link down below the code Sal. Any money you put in on your first deposit, they'll double it. So if you put in 25 bucks, they'll double it. They'll give you free money to bet with. Why would you not take advantage of this limited time offer? I don't know why, especially on a day where it's like only a showdown slate in the NBA. If you're not betting the two and a half for the Clippers or you want to bet the other side of it, but even then have a little bit more action on individual players. It is a ton, a ton of fun and it simplifies the way that you can bet and play daily fantasy sports. So I have Porzingis over 29 fantasy points. I have him at 33. I told you that I'm a little bit higher on most probably people in the industry on how many minutes I'm giving him today. I've met 33 fantasy points. He played very well in that last game. Not shocked if he goes under it because he's been playing poorly in general, but it was nice to see that. Boban, we already talked about in depth. I don't have to tell you this is a, a risky one. On paper, it looks fantastic. It looks like a great one. But of course, his minutes are not super secure. Marcus Morris, over 21 fantasy points. Morris played about 40 minutes in that last game. Now, there was some foul trouble for some other guys out there, but he is probably their third most reliable guy when it comes to both defense and also offense. He shot the second most threes on this team behind Reggie Jackson, and he's obviously a key defender for them at small forward. So Morris, I don't have him at 40 minutes to play today, but if I give him 35, 36, he starts to grade out for me around 25, 26 fantasy points. That might be my favorite over. And then we'll give you some props here. Luka Dantich under nine and a half assists. They can't, they cannot let him do whatever he wants. He can score 40 real life points, Luka. But if you start to allow him to have 12 and 13 assists and get every single one of his teammates involved too, especially down the stretch. And oh yeah, also get some offensive boards like he did in that last game and overall rebounding was great then you're going to lose the game. You can't let him do everything. He's probably going to score. He's going to probably take 30 plus shots like he did last time, or at least 25 plus. But if you can just take away his ability to dish it out off the drives, right? If you can cover three point shooting lanes, and if you can just cover these types of things, you're going to have a lot more success. So I think they try and take one thing away. It's hard to take away his overall shooting because there's really nobody on this team that's been able to do it. They don't even have Pat Bev on the court anymore. Rondo's a liability on offense. I don't know how many minutes he can actually get out there against Luka. So Luka under nine and a half assists. I think that's where they focus on stopping him from getting other guys involved. And Reggie Jackson over two and a half assists. As much as I think Reggie Jackson is a liability and this can kind of start the conversation on the Clippers, there's just nobody else. When Rondo shoots 0 of six, when other guys aren't scoring properly, when Batum is strictly basically like a defensive guy and maybe hits a couple threes, he's like the best plus minus guy they have in the series, believe it or not even when Luke is on the court with him. But Reggie Jackson is just going to be on the court a lot. They need his offense out there. They need his offense. You saw that in the last game, made the most threes on this team. Didn't shoot well, but he can actually make them at least. Two and a half over assists. I think he just stays out there. And if you're out there more, you pick up more accounting stats. So go ahead. You can take any of those. You can take some other ones if you would like to, obviously on there, any other sport. But if you use the code SAL, S-A-L, encourage you to try it out. They'll double your money up to $100. Ruskies, go get your free money bonus while it motherfucking lasts. So let's start to talk the Clippers here. So Paul George in that last game was fine outside of the third quarter, or a little bit of foul trouble, fourth quarter, some turnovers, right? Kawhi did not play well. He finally came back down to earth. He shot seven of 19 in this game. Didn't get to the free throw line, which might be a little bit, I don't know. He was playing at home. It's not like there was anything there, but he only 
got six free throw attempts, even though he was playing pretty aggressive. A little strange there. That might swing back to a spot where he takes 10 or 12 in this game. Obviously changes his overall outcome. But 7 of 19 is just 37%. This was his worst game by far. It was also the first game Dorian Finney-Smith guarded him. Is there anything there? Maybe a little bit, but probably not overall. If we want to just look at what's happening so far in the series for the Clippers, Kawhi and Paul George obviously playing massive minutes, like 40 a night, 39 a night. And Kawhi's basically doing what he did during the regular season right now. He is averaging so far. I mean, he's shooting well, 63.3%. Probably doesn't keep up. But he's averaging his normal 1.3 fantasy points per minute. Paul George, 1.15. That's fine as well, shooting 56%. These guys are basically doing Paul George maybe a little bit worse, but he's playing bigger minutes, so it kind of makes up for it. Basically doing what they did during the regular season, and they're not priced for it. Now on a showdown slate, $11,600 Kawhi on DraftKings uh, and DFS and $10,800 Paul George, it's going to be cheap enough for you. So you can see right now I have the minutes up on the screen. Nicholas Batum is just going to be locked into minutes. Like he played 40 minutes in that last game. I think Terrence Mancy's a little bit more run in this next game. I gave Pat Beverly two minutes instead of 11 seconds. That can obviously just go right to Nicholas Batum. So if you want to say Batum's going to play 36 minutes in this game, yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. And just like the Mavericks got some more rest from those reviews, obviously so did the Clippers. But Batum is their best plus minus guy right now. He's playing decent on offense in this series, and he's playing pretty well on defense. So 32 minutes is a low point for him, probably. Nicholas Batum, for me right now, is probably my favorite guy from this Clippers team, because I feel like I'm under projecting him at just 32 minutes. You can easily give him 34, 35 minutes, take a minute off of Terrence Mann, just give Pat Beverly zero minutes like the 11 seconds he played last game. And now Batum looks starts to look even better. So Batum's probably my favorite player from this team. When you factor in the price point, if you're looking at props, I don't have anything on his props. But Kawhi Leonard, 41 minutes. Paul George, 40 minutes. Those guys can easily play 41 to 42 minutes a piece each they're going to be my only two yeses that i have extreme interest in because they have a ceiling i think batum's ceiling is probably a little bit capped there you're playing him more so because he fits into this weird spot where he is literally the only playable five thousand dollar guy in the slate there's maxi kleber at forty eight hundred dollars and then there's only nicholas batum at five thousand dollars flat unless you want to go to rondo at fifty four hundred like he's the only really good playable option in that range so maybe you're just there and he happens to be in play i do think Kawhi bounces back and doesn't shoot 37 percent for a guy shooting 63 percent in the series i would expect that to change a little bit there so at 11,600, if you're choosing between uh, Kawhi and Luka, I believe in this series, I would probably still take Luka even with the price increase of $1,200 more, but then it would be Kawhi over Paul George for me. Now, here's the interesting thing. I currently have right now Zubak at 20 minutes of play. The only way that Zubak is going to play today, 20 minutes of play, is the exact same thing about earlier, as if Boban stays on the court. When Boban's on the court, it forces you to bring a big man out. Even if Zubak is really bad, Serge Ibaka is hurt, doesn't expect to play, unlikely to play in this one, so Zubak has to stay on the court more. If Zubak is on the court more, that means a lot more upside for guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. And if Jalen Brunson sees any minutes, and obviously Luka Doncic, guys that are going to get to the basket against him and basically just put him on ice skates. So there's a lot of things all connected to this Boban if he starts and Boban what happens if the Clippers start making threes. If the Clippers start making threes, Boban probably comes off the court more, which means Zubac can then come off the court more. So Zubac is kind of just as sketchy of a play because he's going to match out there Boban's minutes. They don't want to put Zubac on the court. He's a liability. They only want to have to have him out there for like 12 or 14 minutes. They want to put Marcus Morris and play some small ball five on the court a lot more. So play Zubac at your own risk. I'm probably not going to touch that much Zubac today. He is a no for me. I gave Marcus Morris 36 minutes. We kind of talked in depth about Marcus Morris. His price point is up in the DFS streets, but I really like the over on his props at 21 right now. I like his point total overs if you can get those. The rebound and assists, I'm a little bit hesitant on. I would like the rebounding numbers on Marcus Morris if we got the small ball five starting lineup. But again, that's all going to depend on what happens if the Clippers can make some threes. And then the Rondo, Reggie Jackson, and Patrick Beverly conundrum that's been happening. It is very obvious now that Patrick Beverly, who's barely playing in any of these last games 11 seconds total in the last 
game, he's the odd man out here. Reggie Jackson, they just need his offense. They just need it. Uh, there's not really any other guys that they can go to when you're facing a Dallas team that is going to bring offense from a couple different areas, not just Luka, but Porzingis can obviously bring some offense. Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing quality offense right now. And Boban in that last game actually played well. Shot 50%, right? 5 of 10. And Boban in that last game actually played well, believe it or not. But yes, Reggie Jackson is going to remain in. I have Reggie Jackson today for 30 minutes of play. It makes him a quality option at 6,200. It would be a coin flip between Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris. Jackson's cheaper if you wanted to flip the coin and end up taking him. I'd probably refer Reggie Jackson upside wise because he shot 12 threes in that last game, right? I think he's going to continue to shoot threes if Boban starts. They're going to say, hey, try and take these threes. If you can make them, we'll, we'll adjust. If you can't, well, we're going to probably have a nice little chance here to close this thing out. And then after that, I think Terrence Mann maybe plays one, two, three more minutes and somewhere in there. So that's where I'm at on those minutes. You can see the full minutes for the Clippers. I'll scroll now so you can see the rest of them. None for Serge Ibaka. I think he misses this game. And two for Patrick Beverly might actually be high. So where are my overall interests right now from the Clippers? It would rank for me, Batum, Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris is like a, a 4B, 4A option with Reggie Jackson, and then Rondo. And then if we wanted to close this out with my top five overall plays for DFS lineups today, that would be Boban, assuming he starts, Luka, Batum, Kawhi, and Paul George. After that, if you want to see any more, you can check out Patreon. It is linked down below. Patreon is linked down below. That's where you can see all the projections for not just this sport, but for MLB. We'll help for your props. We'll help for your DFS lineups as well. MMA is tomorrow. So a nice event tomorrow coming back in the MMA streets. Golf every single week. There's a lot over there. Come in and check it out. Discord access for a betting channel, a prize picks player props channel, and then every other DFS channel. You can check it all out. Link down below over on Patreon. Thank you for tuning into this video. It was a lot. I was trying to go in depth on this one game, and I think it could be pretty fun because we're going to have a lot of showdown slates. So it could be fun to get more into the betting streets and more into the prop streets as your showdown lineups are a little bit more difficult to find some leverage on. Like and subscribe before you go support the sponsor of the show of the program prize picks using that code sal and i'll also let you know if you watch till this point right now there's a free roll there's a free roll that i can link down below in the description and send it over into the discord there's a free roll now it's not this one this is the normal contest for super draft tonight but there's a free roll 500 bucks up for grabs it's free to enter over on super draft there'll be a link down below in the description to head over there but also if you want to play in their normal contest a thousand dollars to first their contest yesterday only filled at 60 percent. if you played on super draft yesterday just by entering a lineup you beat 40 percent of the field that's probably going to happen again because it's friday night people are doing their own thing and it's only a showdown slate so they're not filling their contest even though they have to guarantee the prize pools that's a gpp guaranteed prize pools so you can check it out down below just by entering a contest yesterday you literally would have beat 40 percent of the field when 30 percent of the field catches you're not gonna have that good of a chance to win a thousand or two thousand dollars anywhere so thousand dollars up for grabs tonight you can check that out as well down below trying to give you all the best info you can get out there in the best edges that are left in these betting and dfs streets peace out gang thanks for tuning in and i'll see you all in the next one